0: Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well, losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to RoeBody. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in to today's show. I was very excited to have Ramit Seti on the show. I actually read Ramit's best-selling book with over a million copies sold. I will teach you to be rich. Way back around 2009 when it came out, and Ramit is a personal finance expert, and recently in the last year has launched a podcast under the same name, I Will Teach You To Be Rich, where on that podcast, he talks to couples about money. They specifically talk about money, and break down all of the things that can go wrong and how to make them go right when it comes to money in relationships. And that's exactly what Ramit and I talk about today. And I love Ramit's enthusiasm around this subject. I know you guys will too. There's tons of very actionable tips and tools that you can do around money in your relationship, but just Around your relationship in general, we talk about some really interesting prompts, some things to think about, why it's so important to dream in your relationship and to dream with your partner and create your what Ramit calls rich life and what that means to you. So as always, thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you love this show, if you're listening for the first time or you're a long time listener and you haven't left a review, we really appreciate it when people go in and leave those reviews on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Enjoy today's show. Hey, Ramit, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. Today, we're going to talk about relationships. And you're used to talking about money for years. You've been in that space and you've shifted a little bit and certainly through your podcast now focusing on money through the lens of how it shows up in relationships and how to navigate that. So I wanted to start by having you tell our listeners what motivated you to start a podcast and focus it through the lens of money in relationships. When my now wife
2: and I were dating, she said to me, she said, you know, I feel like you know everything about my finances, but I don't know anything about yours. And I realized I had broken my own rule. I wrote a book on personal finance, you know, over a million copies. And in chapter nine, I talk about money and relationships. And my wife was totally right. I had not opened up about my own finances. And we were in a very serious relationship. So uh, we got engaged and we started discussing more serious things. Um, I remember we sat down. I still have the calendar invite. You know, I always prep. I have my notes. This was like, I know people go, this guy already sounds like a psycho. (laughs) Whatever. I don't care if you think I sound like a psycho. I came prepared. I want to talk about... uh, you know, are we going to have kids? If so, what are we going to name those kids? I'm like, I don't want some little kid named Mike running around my house. Look at me. I'm an Indian guy. I don't want Mike in my house, okay? There's no Mikes. <laughs> um, and you know, she is funny. When we were dating, she goes, I would like to be engaged by Q1 of next year. I was like, oh, it's the dream girl. She speaks in financial quarters. I really love her. So, you know, we're having these serious conversations and we talked about a prenup we both grew up very similarly. Middle class, both our moms were teachers. But because of my business and luck and some decisions I made, I had grown my wealth considerably. And so it was important to me that we talked about a prenup. And it's funny because when we think about prenups, we often think some richy rich, usually it's a guy in the back of a limo you know, drives up to his partner and says like, sign this or it's over. And that's such a caricature in American culture that as I talk to friends and others, I realize like, that's not really true. If somebody comes to a relationship with a house that they own, you should probably have a prenup. If somebody comes with a business they own, they should probably have a prenup. If you have pre-existing wealth of any form or assets, you should probably discuss it. So we did. We started talking about it. It was actually going great. And then it was not going so great. And I wished that we would have been able to listen to other couples talk about money. Because certain topics are never shared publicly. Prenups are one. We ended up going to see a therapist. That was very helpful. Uh, Money and money psychology is two. So beyond a prenup, just think of how couples Argue about money. And it could be, you know, throw down sort of loud screaming matches, but often it's much more subtle. It's kind of like being annoyed with your partner about how they empty the dishwasher times a thousand because money comes up in so many subtle ways. So, what I wanted to do with my podcast was to speak to couples right there on the spot and they share real money. Conversations, arguments, fights. Sometimes they cry. Sometimes they laugh. You'll hear couples who have eight hundred thousand dollars in debt, and they're not sure they can afford to have children. On the other hand, you'll hear couples where, in in one case, uh, with the episode with Charles, his wife was about to divorce him. Twenty one years married because he's too cheap, and it turns out his net, their net worth was thirteen million dollars. So you hear every spectrum, it's very diverse, different financial situations and how they think about money and is it possible for them to get on the
1: same page? Thank you for that. Is there a common thread that you find or maybe a few when it comes to money and relationships?
2: The biggest challenge with couples I speak to is they do not have a unified vision of a rich life. They've literally never talked about it. So as a result, they often go down into the weeds and they argue about things like Target. Why'd you spend so much at Target? Or um, why can't we go on vacation more? Or we should save more for the kids. Well, I don't want to stop going on this trip. And when I ask them, what's your rich life? They just look at me confused. Because if there's no vision, it's very easy to get drawn down into the weeds. And at the extreme level, one partner is looking at the other Safeway receipt, saying, why'd you spend so much on asparagus? I'm like, I don't give a shit about asparagus. I don't even wanna talk about this. If you find yourself counting the grains of rice you bought at the grocery store, you've taken a wrong turn. So there's a much bigger and better way to focus on a rich life. And often when I speak to these couples and we work through first their money psychology, Next, their vision of a rich life. And third, the numbers. Notice that we don't start with the numbers. They often discover that they could be multimillionaires, but they've been spending so much time, literally decades in the weeds arguing about, you know, how much lettuce should we get or not get that they have missed the big picture of a truly rich life.
1: We've talked about it on this show in past episodes, but understanding your money personality, which is another way of, you know, Talking about how you relate to money. And a lot of it starts all of it when we're children. Can you talk a little bit maybe your personal experience with your relationship with money or what you're seeing with your guests? Yeah.
2: I grew up a son of immigrant parents. My parents are from India. And gosh, they really taught me a lot about money. A lot. So we had a we had a large family. My dad worked. My mom stayed home with us. And we learned a lot of lessons um, that often stick with us for years and years. So I learned frugality. For example, um, we hardly ate out. We ate out maybe once every six weeks. We'd go to a pizza place. We'd always have a coupon. And we never, ever ordered appetizers. We just couldn't afford it. It wasn't a figment of our reality. When we went on vacation, it was primarily get in the van drive down to Southern California where we stayed with relatives. We would stop at a gas station on the way. My mom would have packed food and we would eat you know, outside. So I remember that vividly. And I also remember my parents teaching me lessons like if you work hard, the money will take care of itself. And they actually taught me that when it came to college. They said, look, of course you're going to go to college. You're Indian. But we don't have money to pay for you. So you need to go find scholarships. Like it was just very matter of fact. And they helped. They took me around. They drove me around to apply and interview. But in the end, they set the expectation. And yeah, I actually got enough scholarships to pay my way through undergrad and grad school at Stanford. So they taught me many things. But as I got older, I also learned my own lessons, which is that frugality is a very useful lens through which to view the world. Imagine you have a money lens. Most people's money lens, especially in America, is cost. That's the first thing they think about. That's the first place they look on the menu at the restaurant. How much does it cost? How much does the suit cost? How much does the shirt cost? And that can be valuable. You know, if you're buying a commodity like salt, yeah, just get the cheapest one, who cares? But I also learned that there are other money lenses. There are money lenses like safety, so, you know, where do you want to live? You you That may be uh, different than the cheapest place. There are ones like convenience. So sometimes I would rather pay a few extra bucks so that something is convenient for me. And then there's things like luxury, which I love now, now that I earn enough and I understand it. Yeah, I travel. I love to travel very well. I love hotels. That's I love I'm a hotel guy. So I think what my parents taught me was they gave me this beautiful set of money lenses on working hard, frugality, which I carry with me, but I've also realized there are many other lenses that I can use. And my goal for my listeners and my readers is that just like a great symphony, you can't only play one instrument. And so you've got to be able to know First of all, you've got to be able to have multiple lenses, and then you've got to build the skill of knowing when to use this or when to use that one.
1: I imagine through what you're describing in personal experience, but for someone that hasn't done this, it can be quite liberating when you understand, man, it's like you have these shackles on around, let's say, frugality. And I know there'd be like a, a tightness in the chest of like looking at a dinner menu and and. For me, just what was one of the things it seemed silly, but but you alluded to it with ordering appetizers. But it was liberating to like go out to eat and just be like, Yeah, I want that. I don't care if it's a little bit more, what the price is, obviously within reason. But like it seems like such a little thing, but understanding like that deeper, almost subconscious pull that these money lenses have on us is super powerful individually. And then in the context of relationships, understanding it and then sharing this with your partner so that they can have a better understanding of where you're coming from. And then we take that into relationship and create that shared vision around money like you're talking about. So can you talk a little bit about that process of then sharing this with your partner and then creating that shared vision?
2: Yeah. The fact that you're talking about really excavating our own experience is is quite deep. Um, most of us don't do that. I, I just spoke to a couple yesterday and about a couple of hours into our conversation, he admitted, he said, I've never connected the way that I look at money with how I was raised. And in his family, th- their conversation I had with them was, should they pay for their kids' college? They have two young children. And he didn't want to. And she was like, of course, we're going to pay. Of course, you know. And uh, we went back to his childhood. And uh, we he finally recalled that when he graduated from high school, his dad said, okay, you're going to the military, right? You're going to the military. And there was a whole reason behind that. And so now he was basically invisibly carrying that and saying to his wife now, this is like 20 years later, he's saying to his wife, we don't need to pay for them. Let them go to the military if they want. And she's mortified. No, of course they're going to go to college. Education is important to us. So different family values, etc. When couples talk about money, they rarely talk about it proactively. It's almost always reactive and it's almost always when something's going wrong. So I love your example of the tightness in the chest because it's very physical, isn't it? When we talk about money, you can feel it It's often in your chest. People describe it as something weighing them down. Uh, It's often uh, heavy in the shoulders or uh, something in the pit of the stomach. It's, It's very visceral. My dream for my readers and listeners is that when they have a conversation with money, at the end of it, they look each other in the eye and they say, I love you. That's a successful money conversation. You don't even have to agree. But you have to know that this is one money conversation of 10,000 you're going to have over the course of your relationship. And it's okay. It's okay if you disagree. You actually don't have to agree on a few things in life, some money things, totally fine. But you've got to be able to know that we're going to live to talk another day. So with couples, uh, you know there, there are lots of ways that you can engage. And I outline a lot of these in this new journal that I created, the I Will Teach You To Be Rich journal. But I'll give you a few examples. So first off, I love encouraging couples to sit down and talk about this regularly. Again, let's reframe it. It's not going to be a one and done money conversation. It's like, would you ever think, uh, we're just going to talk about parenting our kids once and then be done with it? No, it's going to go on for the rest of your life. Accept it. And the next thing is to start off by asking curiosity-based questions. You know what? I was listening to this guy on this podcast and he had a few qu- And I was just so curious, you know, how did you grow up with money? What do you remember your parents saying around the dinner table? And and if they're just like stumped because this seems weird. I don't mind if things seem weird. What I think is weird is people going 40 years of their life never talking about money with their partner. So I'll seed it with a few, I'll be like, did they say uh, money doesn't grow on trees? Or we don't talk about money in this family or we can't afford it. Or did they say like, yeah, if you save and invest, you, you can you, you don't have to worry about money. What kind of lessons did you learn? Here's what I learned. And I always encourage people to open themselves up first. So it could be just like, what kind of questions did you hear around the dinner table? It could be, hey, I'm trying to get better with money. And I, I realize I probably need to do a better job tracking my credit card spending. If you, have you noticed anything about what you think I should do differently? And that, because you're opening yourself up, naturally leads to the two of you talking about it finally you can say you know we're getting we're getting more serious or maybe you're married you know what i wonder if we could talk about what we want to do with money i was listening to this guy and he has this question what is your rich life and if i asked you that what would you say it is and i have a whole exercise on bucket lists we can talk about but the point is these are light they're fun They're actually really, you should be curious about what your partner's family was like. And you can always get to the target spending and all that stuff. That's way, that's like months down the road. But for now, it's your goal should be to smile and laugh and say, I love you at the end of this conversation.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Do you want to know one of my favorite meals? It's a slice of toasted bread with tomato, mozzarella, basil, olive oil, salt and pepper, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze. Makes my heart happy. It's so simple. It's so delicious. And I love that all the ingredients get to show off their individual flavors. I used to eat it all the time as my easy go-to meal. And then all of a sudden, there was a ton of messaging out there telling me that I shouldn't eat carbs and that I shouldn't eat bread and that bread is bad. And I hate to admit it, but I cut out bread entirely for the longest time. And it wasn't until recently that I started to understand that not all bread is created equal. Money is one of the biggest stressors in relationships. While worrying about it doesn't help a ton, Earning actually does. Our sponsor, Earnin, is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per day pay period max and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC.
1: I love all those tools. And the interesting thing is a lot of the dialogues, the fact that you said, you know, we need to talk proactively, that applies to everything in a relationship. You, You mentioned a couple that hadn't talked about money for 20 years, 40 years. Same thing goes with the bedroom and sexuality, like understanding those deep rooted things within us around sexuality and then sharing it with our partner. And a lot of times that's not happening. And even the dialogue in which you said to be curious is so valuable and it it will put someone at ease rather than when there is an issue and we're attacking it's all really valuable. So I, I want to talk about the bucket list exercises. And maybe before we get to that, as I'm thinking here, at what stage did you start to have the first money conversations with your now wife? So someone that's listening out there, let's say maybe they're dating, they're getting more serious. When can they start introducing those conversations?
2: Well, I, I love this because if you listen to people in the financial industry, a lot of them are like, first date you need to talk about your savings rate. Uh, What's your asset allocation? I'm like, have you guys ever been on a date before? Get a life. No one's talking about that on their first date. And I mean, come on. Yeah. Uh, I think that at any point where your relationship becomes more serious, now that could be you decide to be in a committed relationship. It could be you decide to live together. You decide, you're even talking about getting engaged. These are natural moments. Where it actually makes sense. And I want to reframe a lot of these money conversations because they're often thought of as negative. Oh, we should probably talk about money. If you go into it with that frame, you've already lost. The way I think about it is oh my gosh, we get a chance to talk about money and design our rich life. Amazing. We get to talk about do we want kids? How often do we want to travel? Do we want to get uh, beautiful things in our house? Do we care about a nice car or not? Like, What's important to you? What's important to me? Oh my gosh, we get to use our money to live our rich life. That's such a beautiful thing. It's like building something together. And so I get excited when I talk about money. Of course, sometimes it's challenging. You're going to disagree with your partner. They're going to see things differently than you. And There are lots of tools on how to navigate it. Again, you don't have to agree on everything, but you should probably agree on some of the big things. But remember that if we don't have these conversations, we will often go the rest of our lives only talking about money reactively and negatively, walking on eggshells. And actually, the worst thing of all is I consider it a tragedy to live a smaller life than you have to. So I have couples I speak to routinely on my podcast. And they are worried. That's their number one word, worried about money. I'm looking at their numbers. I'm calculating stuff out. I go, you're going to have $3 million. Or your savings rate is way higher than average couples like you. And, and they just look at me blinking because they've spent their whole lives worrying about money. They don't actually know how to feel joy around money. And it is your responsibility in a relationship to introduce that concept. Money can be joyful, it should be. And a rich life should be full of fun, not based primarily around stress.
1: I wanna talk about designing the vision for a rich life with a partner. You've introduced some great questions already about thinking about what a rich life is to an individual. What are some of the prompts that you would encourage people to think about and and bring that discussion to their partner?
2: One of my favorite exercises is the bucket list exercise. Now,
1: many of us know what a
2: bucket list is. You know, what do we want to do before we die? And I, I reframe that. My wife and I did this exercise during COVID, and it was so much fun. So we sat down, two separate pieces of paper, and I said, What do we want to do in the next 10 years that would make us have lived a rich and meaningful life. 10 years. So you go, okay. Start to write things down. We took 10 minutes and we wrote it down separately. And then we shared with each other. One by one, we each went. And this is where you get the chance to rewrite the way that you talk about money. You get to be curious. So one person says, I want to learn Spanish. Oh my gosh, I had no idea. That's so cool. Would you want to do it in a... Like online class? Would you want to go to Mexico and learn it on site? What are you thinking? You're getting curious. You're getting excited. Then another partner says, you know, I want to go bungee jumping. And then you know, maybe you say, oh my god, that's scary. Alright, you know what? You're on your own for that one, but I'll meet you at the bottom. And you're having fun. And some of them you're going to discover they're not your rich life. That's okay. My wife has certain things she wants to do in the next 10 years I have no interest in. Same for her. But you're going to discover a few that are really meaningful for both of you. With my wife and me, we both were inspired by some friends of ours who had a 10-year wedding anniversary abroad and they invited all their friends and family. We're like, we want to do that. So what you do then, you find one or two areas that are meaningful to both of you and you hone in on it. And so I love visualization. I love dreaming. But you know what I love more than that? making a plan so it actually happens. So we zoomed in on 10-year wedding anniversary. We know exactly where we're going to do it, when we know exactly who we're going to bring with us. It's going to be a huge thing. And I said, "Let's, let's plan it right now. So back of the napkin, how much do you think that this is going to cost? Again, we both went back to our own pages. We took a couple minutes and we came back and compared numbers. Now, I'm not saying you spend a million years researching, just back of the napkin. And it was really funny because my number was way higher than my wife's. And my rule for this is whoever's got the bigger number, why don't you go with that? Because I want you to dream big. And I told my wife too, like, look, I want this to be really nice. We've got a long time to plan, invest, save. Let's make this awesome. And so she was a little uncomfortable, but I was like, trust me, let's just go with the big number. And honestly, even if we only get 75% of the way there, it's amazing. So, what we did was let's just pretend that uh, for easy math, 10 years, it was going to cost $10,000. We reverse engineered it. Okay, wow, that means we need to save $1,000 a year. Or if you get a little savvier, you read my book, I Will Teach You to Be Rich, you realize, oh, I can invest, which means I actually need to save less because I'm going to be getting compound interest returns. And so we started putting away money every single month. And so now every month we talk about money in our Rich Life Review. And it's proactive, not reactive. And we know we're putting money aside every single month for that 10-year wedding anniversary. So it's not maybe going to happen. It is going to happen. We know the numbers. And every month, we get a little bit more excited about this thing that we are working towards together.
1: I love that. And on the show, we talk a lot about being a team. And I think we can do that in communication and, and in the bedroom. And yeah, money is, it's kind of like this own taboo area, but just sitting down and doing the bucket list, it's not necessarily a money exercise. Some of the things could be free on there, but it's like an exercise in building that team framework. And, and like you said, the, something to look forward to, something to go with the team metaphor, like we're training for this, we're preparing for this, we're living our lives, building towards learning Spanish in Mexico in two years. And that's just an exciting exercise to do outside of, you know, thinking about it through the lens of money. But obviously, if we're then to actually make it happen, like you said, of like having a plan, it's like, okay, we want to go to Mexico in two years, let's just not make this a dream, you know, there's also an element of, you know, people dream and they never actually do things a lot of times. What a tragedy. Yeah, right? What a a tragedy. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) They go, someday I want to do this. And I go, uh, have you guys been paying attention to what's been going on? Some people die. Some people get ill. Some people have elderly parents they have to take care of. Like, wake up. You should be in a big hurry to live your rich life. Yeah. And. And when I show people, I go, you know, if you think about it, your primary years to spend money are between the ages of 40 to 60. Before that, you don't have money. And after that, you have potential health issues or family health issues that are outside of your control. So if you really think about your primary spending years, it makes you realize, oh my gosh, we need to be highly intentional about this right now. And I consider it a tragedy. For people to dream about someday being able to do it, when in reality they forget. If you spent your entire life saving money, being scared of money, being stressed by money, you think you're gonna magically wake up one day and go, I'm free. Now I can spend money everywhere. No, you never will. I get people all the time on my podcast. You can hear them, they have $10,000. They have $100,000. They often have $10 million. You'll hear them describe their own net worth. They go, I'm worried by money. And some people, the first reaction is, this is so stupid. If I had $10 million, I'd be spending it everywhere. I go, oh, really? Because spending money is a skill. And if you don't learn how to do it with a little bit of money, you're certainly not going to learn it when you have a lot of money. And many people... They, they really believe that if they just had $10,000 or a hundred or a $1 million, they would stop feeling worried about money. And I, I'm here to tell everybody right now, the way you feel about money is highly uncorrelated to how much money you've got in the bank. So what that means is, yeah, you should work on saving and investing and all that stuff. I teach all that. And you should also work on improving your money psychology. And if you're in a relationship, the best thing is you can do it together.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors. Listen to The Dr. John Deloney Show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on our website. When you work full-time, have kids, and run a podcast, it's hard to make time for a multiple-step skincare protocol. That's why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best. Let me repeat it. They make it easy... No complicated routine, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. If you're looking for skincare products that are simple and effective for a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first One Skin purchase when using the code I do when you check out at oneskin.co. I've been using OneSkin's body lotion for about a month, and I've already seen noticeable improvements with small wrinkles and textures on my skin, specifically on the back of my neck and the back of my hands, two places where I get a lot of sun. Plus, my skin looks and feels healthier all around.
1: I love that. I love that motivation to live a more rich life. And that's not through the lens of money necessarily. A more rich life could be, scheduling time to connect with your partner more intimately. But the key is the action, as you're saying. Mm-hmm. Before we wrap up here, I in the beginning of the conversation, you mentioned having a, a calendar, putting it on the calendar for a discussion and then having a discussion around what are we naming our kids and you thinking that people might think that's a little crazy. But I think that's foresight in knowing yourself. And yeah, like it's important conversations to have outside of, money. Are there any particular exercises or conversations outside of money that you found really valuable to to your personal life?
2: Definitely. Um, I'll share some with money and I'll just share some in general with life. So with money, um, you can use some of the material in the journal and on my website for specific recommendations on how to have these monthly rich life reviews. And one of the things that I really encourage is to start off with a compliment to the other partner about something you appreciate. It might go something like this. You know what? Uh, I just wanted to say, I really appreciate how you book travel for our family. You always get us great seats. I always trust that you know exactly what time we have to show to the airport. And it just means a lot to me. And it reframes the way that we talk about money because again, most of us are reactive and negative when we talk about money. So this is a totally different dynamic in the conversation. And that's why you start with a compliment. It's so beautiful. And over time, it feels less rehearsed, less weird. And again, I don't care if things feel weird. I don't care. I want them to start off with a script and over time, it becomes true. The other thing that my wife and I do, which has been really meaningful for us, is we do an annual Rich Life review. So when we... uh, I'll just share the story about our honeymoon. When we were planning our honeymoon... We were planning the typical seven or eight day trip and we were out to dinner with some friends and, and we talked to a lot of people about our plans and they were like, oh, that sounds so great. You know, yeah, when we, when we went on our honeymoon a long time ago, we took uh, six months and just went, and we're like, what? Who the hell takes six months? And then the next couple was like, oh yeah, we took a year off and like, we traveled the world so unforgettable. And we're like, uh, what the hell? So we walked out of that. We're like, uh, who are these people? We thought they were just normal. But then we were like, what if we did that? And that's a magic word, isn't it? What if? So we started thinking about it and we just started dreaming. And we're not, I'm not very good at geography. So I just wrote down like every country I want to go to. And then I found this map site and I plotted it and I was like, oh shit, this isn't going to work. But we're dreaming. And we ended up taking a six week honeymoon. And we made it magic. So we looked at each other. What would make this magic? And both of our parents are alive. They are mobile. We said, you know what? Let's bring our parents to the first stop. And people, you know, it's kind of weird. You bring your parents on your honeymoon, but it was meaningful to us. And so we took them to Italy. You know, uh, my mother-in-law wanted to visit the Vatican. We had a great time. And we said, just show up. We take, just get to the airport, everything else. You don't have to think about anything. So it's very meaningful for us to begin our honeymoon there. And then they went on their way and we continued on to many other places around the world. And I remember this moment where my wife said, "At if I took a trip like this, I would be sad that it was ending. But now I know we can always come back. And I was blown away because that is such an abundant way of thinking. So we decided every year we're going to do the same thing. We're going to travel for a long period of time. We we spend the entire year kind of deciding where we're going to go and mapping out the experiences and then we go. And during that time, we do an annual rich life review. We take inventory or take stock of what we loved this year, what we would change, where do we want to go next year? Who do we want to bring with us? And... I want to encourage everybody listening. It doesn't have to be a six week international trip. That's not the point. The point is that we carve out space and time for us to dream a little bigger than our day to day. It could be if you have children leaving the kids with the grandparents for four hours, it could be going camping for an extra day. There's so many different ways, it doesn't have to be costly. But what this allows us to do is to step out of our day-to-day and really reflect on what the last year has been like and what we want our next year to be like. I can't think of more valuable time for a couple. And if you can take that idea and adapt it for your life situation and for the two of you, wherever you may live, I think it can profoundly affect a relationship for the positive.
1: I love that. I love the the dreaming aspect. I think individually and as a couple, we need more of that. It's a bit magical, right? And then we can create it. You know, especially if we we get out that box, like that dinner. You're like going for the six night honeymoon, and then you're like, oh, this is an option. And and yeah, yeah, and you start. You to never dream. think about it. Yeah. Sometimes
2: you, you we never like in the journal. I remember one of the prompts is, "Who is somebody in your life who you admire?" for the way that they use money. And when I ask this question, it's so interesting. Some people, they instantly, they have somebody, a lot of people, they go, I actually, I don't have anybody. They're they're stumped, and they're surprised. And I go, okay, pick somebody from TV. Could be a TV character, movie character, whatever. And you know, sometimes they'll be like, I don't know, James Bond, or whatever. But when they realize that they have no inspiration for who uses money well, a lot of people realize maybe I need to get inspiration. So they come to my community, they listen to podcasts like yours, and it dawns on them that if they don't have inspiration, maybe they have to create their own. And that's why some of these things that I might be suggesting might sound a little weird. Weird scripted conversations, taking a day a month or an hour a month and a couple of days per year it's up to you. You can adapt it for how you want. But you have to think about who inspires you with the way they use money. And if you, can, if you can think of somebody, great. Maybe take them out for lunch and ask them, hey, I got a few questions. And if you can't, maybe it's time for you to design your own rich life.
1: I love it. I think uh, a lot of our listeners will get a lot of inspiration from today's conversation. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show, Ramit. Before we wrap up, can you tell our listeners where they can find you online, maybe where they can find the journal and your podcast, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: You can find my website is iwt.com. My books are at every bookstore and library. It's called I Will Teach You To Be Rich and the I Will Teach You To Be Rich Journal. And my podcast is iwt.com slash podcast. It's the I Will Teach To Be Rich podcast as well as all my social media.
1: Excellent. We'll have those links in our show notes and on our website. And again, thanks for taking the time to come on the show. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. As always, all the links to the guest as well as any of their recommendations will be in the show notes page. You can find the link to that in the episode description or by going to idopodcast.com click on the podcast tab up at the top and you will have access to all the episodes that we've ever done. There are over 300 of them. Uh, And while you're on our website, if you haven't checked out our free 14 day happy couple challenge, we really hope you do. It's a free email challenge that we send to you. It's 14 days of fun, easy, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And if you're looking for something that provides a little more help with working on your relationship, whether it's improving intimacy or communication with your partner or just bringing the spark back, we would love for you guys to check out our online course, Spark My Relationship. We're offering $100 off to all of our listeners. If you go to sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, we've worked with over 15 psychologists and therapists to create the real life tools and strategies that they are teaching their clients. So we wanted to give them to you. It's a self-paced online course that can be done in as little as a month or up to three months. You can really decide how much or how little you want to do with your partner or maybe just yourself. So we hope you guys check that out. It's sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock. Have a great day.